I'm Carol Silver Elliott, President and CEO of the Jewish Home Family, a continuum of services for older adults located in northern Bergen County, New Jersey. And for our first program of the new year, I am delighted to welcome Rabbi Jerome Berkowitz. Rabbi Berkowitz is a director of pastoral care here at the Jewish Home at Rockley. And it is a pleasure to have you join us today on the podcast. Thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure, and Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you. So, Rabbi Berkowitz, tell me a little bit about how you became involved in long-term care chaplaincy. Tell us your story. As a pulpit rabbi for 25 years, one of the most rewarding aspects of my chaplaincy was pastoral care, visiting nursing homes, visiting ill people in hospitals, visiting people at home and being able to uplift the spirits of someone who was not feeling well and helping family members cope and deal with sick relatives, it was just, that did it for me. It, it, it made me look for a career in pastoral care, especially in a senior living situation like a nursing home. And you had done some work prior to nursing homes in, in some group settings, right? You have experience there as well. Well, in, in the different synagogues, we had uh, seniors, and I would work with them, um, speak with them, uh, do classes, and meet with them individually as well when they had uh, issues and concerns and of course, then support the families who were dealing with their elders that were having struggles. So you've been here at the Jewish Home at Rockley for just over a year, right? Yes. And tell me about how that experience has been for you. You know, I once mentioned to you, and I tell this to people all the time, I come into the, these doors happy, and I leave happier. This situation is just so important to the lives of our elders and to their families. The care, the level, and the dedication of our staff is what makes this organization, as, my, as far as I'm concerned, truly a five-star organization. Thank you. One of the things people say to all of us who work with elders is I don't know how you can do that. It must be so difficult. People are, many of them are in the last chapter of their lives. You're dealing with end of life. How do you respond to that when people say those things to you? The Torah teaches us that the highest level of chesed is uh, doing things for those who have passed. And the reason is they can't give back. You know, in life, when we do favors for someone, more often than not, they'll, they'll do something back for you. You know, one hand washes the other, as they would say. And it's the same thing when, when, when you're dealing with an elder that really can't give back anything except that smile and, and that touch. It's indescribable how that smile goes through every 
pore of your skin and straight into your heart and your soul. Who, who would want to bypass such a wonderful opportunity? You know, people have a misconception, I think, that in a long-term care setting, all we deal with is death and dying. And it's really not true. We're dealing with life, and we're dealing with quality of life. And a big piece of your role is enhancing that quality of life. Well, when I pray in a room with an elder who is advanced stage of dementia, and all of a sudden, they who have not responded to any stimuli begin to sing with me. Uh, one of the most striking things, a rabbi who's here, and advanced stage of dementia, even when his children visit, there's almost no response. And in one Friday night, I sang Shalom Aleichem, and his aide almost passed out when in this loud voice he began to sing Shalom Aleichem with me. It's amazing. And then there's a woman who was a cantor, and she's also advanced stage of dementia. And I came over to her one Friday night, and I said, please, help me sing Shalom Aleichem. I, I need help. It's a big room. My voice won't carry. Help me. She looked up, and she began to sing. And the aides never heard her sing, hardly hear her speak. And they were mesmerized by the beauty of her voice singing our traditional Shalom Aleichem. It's so incredibly powerful. You know, I often say we get a gift from our elders every single day. We have the joy of seeing those moments and knowing them in ways that only we can know them. And it's really powerful. And I, I love to hear you talk about the ways you connect and, and tap into people. You know, we talk a lot about moving towards greenhouse model. And one of the key tenets of greenhouse is deep knowing, right? And that's one of the things you try to do with elders, isn't it? Sure. Every individual is just that. And no two people are alike when they're younger, and no two people are alike as they age. And if one really cares and takes the time to observe, and sometimes there's nothing to listen to, but just to observe a smile, an opening of an eye, knowing that whatever you're saying is resonating and is heard, even if there's no response, by voice, but just by the movement, you understand how to connect and what makes them happy. It, it's just such a gift to be able to see that and experience it and be part of that. You have taken on this role during what we thought was the end of COVID, but turned out to be I don't know, somewhere in the middle maybe, hopefully at the latter half of it. Um, but you're still dealing with issues of COVID, isolation, people being separated from families. Tell me what your role is in trying to bridge that gap for people. Well, I visit the COVID unit pretty much every day. And, and 
I'm very pleased to, to just to see the person come alive. Unfortunately, medically, they need to be isolated. But that doesn't mean they need to be spiritually isolated. So I, I say some psalms, and sometimes I sing with the people that love to hear music. And when they join me and thank me with that smile, my day is made. I, I know that I've done God's work here. That's about all anybody can ask for. You do also a lot of programs. You do a lot of lectures and chaplain's forum and those kinds of things. And I, I notice, and people who read our newsletter notice, that you come up with some really interesting topics and some different takes on topics. Where, where do you generate your ideas? A lot of it is um, a byproduct of meetings with the elders and, and getting a flavor. For example, on Shabbos, I did a lecture on K2. I had two tracks. One, if uh, an elder who was an attorney came to the lecture, I was going to make it more about Jewish law, how it compares to American law. And had he not been there... My lecture would have been more about a new year, how it relates to Hanukkah, the message going forward to light and joy as we anticipate the future. He was there, and so I presented certain cases in Jewish law without telling them the verdict. And I said, okay, you're Judge Judy, you're Judge Harry. Tell me how you would rule on this particular case with these two litigants. And then Alan... Uh, Tell me how you would rule in American law. It was, it was a wonderful discussion. Oh, it sounds absolutely great. So really your intent is to customize and engage. Exactly. It's so important for people to remember that older adults, especially those who are struggling with whatever kind of impairment, are still there, still have the ability, maybe different, but they still have abilities. And that's one of the things that we talk about all the time is remembering that person is still there and truthfully they're doing the best that they can. When families struggle to connect with their loved one, when they say, and we hear this, I'm sure you've heard this many times, if only you had known my mother, my father before, if only you had known what they were like 10 years ago, five years ago. And it's our challenge to say, but we know what they're like now, and they're still that person, just with differences. How do you advise families that are struggling with these changes and struggling with the ability to accept that their loved one is different than they were before? The Torah teaches us that the one who enables is higher than the one who receives. So, for example, if a charitable man, if a man needing charity came into the room, you would think that when we give them charity, we did the bigger mitzvah, but it's not so. That person that accepted our charity helped us do something big and important. And, uh, and I explained to the families, you know, in, in the younger years, your parents were there to help you grow and led you on a proper path. 
Now their role is to enable you to do chesed, kindness, and return all the good that they did for you. And as challenging as it is, they know. And more importantly, God knows. The fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, is the bridge between the laws of man to God and the laws of man to man. And what higher value could could you have? What more important role could you ever play than to be there for a loved one who is struggling but knows you're there? And it just keeps them going. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It is it is such a comfort, I think, for families to have you help them to see it that way and to recognize that they're not they're not gone, the loved one is not gone, but they're in a different place in their lives and they need something different. It calls on you to do something different. Not to parent, I always say this, not to parent your parent because they're still your parent and you're still the child, but to be able to show a side of yourself that perhaps that parent has taught you. I often say, when, when to your words, but I wish you knew my mother 10 years ago. I often say, I see your mother through you. Oh, look that's how, nice. Look how well she taught you. You're here every single day. And you bring in flowers, and you sing, and you play mama's favorite songs, and she smiles. That mother taught you to be that child. And the nachas that your mother's getting, as much as you think she may not know, but she does, that you return that love. It's, it's, it's the ultimate way to honor a parent. What, what a beautiful sentiment and so beautifully expressed. You know, I think if anyone's struggling with their parents' health needs anywhere could hear you say those words, I think it would give them such a sense of peace. It really, really powerful. Thank you for that. So we are running out of time, Rabbi. I don't know how that happened, but... Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today about your work, about working in this kind of a setting, anything that, that comes to mind? I don't want it to sound like a commercial. but Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I will say, having worked at three other nursing homes, and, and I'm saying this as a rabbi with, with full honesty and truth, there's no place like the Jewish home. There just isn't. It, 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 everything is done first class. In fact, I've been called Rabbi haagen <laughs> <laughs> because because sometimes an elder is sitting there and, you know, uh, they said, boy, could I use a good treat, a good, you know, a, a nice snack. And I'd say, hey, vanilla or chocolate. And I run to the pantry and I bring a haagen And they say, oh, my God, we even get haagen here? You bet. <laughs> So, yeah, everything done first class at the Jewish home, really first class. And, and Carol, you're our leader. The credit goes to you. You've really you've organized and, and led us. And, and the family aspect of all the people who work here is what touches me so deeply. There isn't a person that is part of our staff that doesn't say hello, that doesn't smile to each and every other person here and to our elders. It's why it's a pleasure to be here. 
just this spirit of working together for an important cause is why we're so successful. We really are. And again, you set the tone. Thank, uh, thank you. you for that. Thank you. And we are so thrilled to have you as a member of this family. Thank you all for listening. Rise, all of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise. Ancestors surround us. Rise.